Welcome back to TIFF Talks. The opinions and views expressed on TIFF Talks is that of Tiffany Stokes Dinkins solely, or her guests solely, and are meant to provide information as well as comedic humor. None of said opinions or views necessarily represent Anchor, Spotify, or any of its affiliates. This podcast contains explicit language, including vulgar comments, profanity, and graphic descriptions of events. Furthermore, the people described in this podcast are of actual clients. Names, places, and specific details have been changed to protect the privacy and sanctity of Tiffany Stokes Dinkins' clients. Listener discretion advised. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to TIFF Talks. And as always, I'm forever taking these long ass breaks as if you guys don't want to listen and don't want to have something to kiki about. I apologize, but you know, I work 511 jobs like a true Caribbean woman (laughs) and doing something that I love such as this is hard to get back to. But thank you for sticking with me. Thank you for supporting me. Let's get started. I want to throw this out here right now that this may be a significant trigger warning. This episode is very personal and very dear because of how I identify. And I know that it might set other people who may not identify to feel some kind of way or to be like, oh, I don't like that she focusing on this one demographic because everybody got problems and all lives and all lives. And yeah, I hear all that. But I think that every demographic in its own individuality needs to have a voice. So if this is going to bother you speaking about black women and the black woman experience, you are more than welcome to stop the episode and never listen to it again. I, I'm okay with it. I, my feelings might be hurt, but that's all right. It's my own personal business and demons to deal with. But I wanted to put that disclaimer out because once I go in, that's kind of going to be it because I'm very passionate about it right now, especially with my current experiences. So trigger warning, I'm talking about black women because I'm a black woman. Okay. All right, let's go. So... We have loved and adored, continue to adore our Michelle Obamas, our Oprah Winfrey's, our Ava DuVernay, our Nia Long, our Kim Fields, our Regina Kings, Taraji P. Henson, Angela Bassett, uh, goodness, I'm seeing faces and so many different names are coming up. Lynn Whitfield, um, you name it, I'm, I'm thinking of it. You know, the Huxtables and, and you, whenever you think of black woman, right? You think of all these different, wonderful, amazing women, even the women that I didn't name, right? Um, And for some of you, you're like, who in the hell are all these people? I mean, except for the top three, right? You're kind of like, who in the world? And I think that's a problem. Not because we should just know everybody and we should always be in the know of things. No, but I think that as a community, 
of just black women who have done so many different amazing things. Case in point, Cheryl Lee Ralph, who is really only getting the most recognition right now because of Abbott Elementary, not necessarily because of the decades of work that she's done. Felicia Rashad, decades of work. When did she really get recognized though? You know what I mean? Eartha Kitt, who I swear I'm connected to in some kind of way, right? How many people really know Eartha Kitt's work outside of Boomerang, which would be my generation, right? But I digress. So let me give you a little bit of stats, just to flex a little bit, right? So this is all coming from the U.S. Census Bureau, This is coming from legit sources. This is not Tiffany pulling information out of her ass. Um, But according to the American Community Survey and the U.S. Census Bureau, in 2018, black females consist of 21.7 million. And this is 52% of the total black population in comparison to black males who only make up 48%. Right now, that's interesting. And then compared to all females, black females are on average younger at 36 years old compared to the ages of, quote unquote, all females at 40 years old. So what does that mean? Black don't crack. That's kind of where that phrase comes from. But this is again, it's coming from the U.S. Census Bureau. This is not Tiffany talking. Okay. All right. Another important, you know, little tidbit, right, is that out of this population, 59% of black women attend college and have attended college. And only 13% of this particular population of black women, 13% have less than a high school diploma. So the majority of black women go to college and get a college education, at least an associate's degree in comparison to all populations, right? And then if you take it a step further, black women ages 16 to 64 have a higher participation rate in the labor force by 72%. So not only are we out here reading and writing and doing the things But we are also actively working and providing economic growth to our society. We make up 72% of the labor force. So then with this information, information that again, I am pulling off of a website. I am not coming out of this on my own, right? But if we're really out here, if we're really doing all these things, why are we so disrespected? Why do we continue to be marginalized? Why do you, why not do you in particular, but why do people, society in general, feel so comfortable to have labels and microaggressions and all these different things against a group, against a community of people, of black women who make up 72% of the workforce who is keeping this socioeconomic cycle going 
who are educated and are able to stand on their own two feet, why are these the same group of people that have the highest rates of rape? That have now I'm, I'm hearing communities of people that are hunting black women down to murder them, to unalive them, which is the new phrase on these websites. We offer so much to this country, just the United States. I'm not even talking about in other countries, just the United States. We offer so much. Studies have shown that we are the originators of life, the original man. And yet we are the first targeted, the first to be disrespected. In, a pre, in the previous season, I mentioned about being a black female therapist and what that experience is like. But just as a black woman that has worked in so many different industri- industries, that has dealt with all different types of people before I got married, I can give you story upon story upon story about how comfortable different cultures and societies of people are with disrespecting us. I can't tell you how many times I've been told that I'm this angry, bitter, sensitive, uh, uh, egotistical, intimidating, uh, uh, you name it, it's come up. And you might be saying, well, Tiff, why in the world are you bringing this up today? Because I just happened to be speaking to a client. And this client doesn't necessarily identify as I do per se, but was able to well articulate what it is to be in this particular community and identify in this way. And she said something so poignant because of her own experience with work, right? That as black women, we're always seen as strong and independent, as if we don't need help, as if we don't need support, as if, oh, well, since you're able to do it, then I guess you got it, right? And so our men will disrespect us and feel like, well, If anything, you should be taking care of me since you're so strong and independent. And actually use the phrase of being a strong, independent black woman as an insult. Like, because you're this way, there's no reason why you should have a man. There's no reason why anybody should help you. If anything, everyone should go to you for help. Because you know struggle and you know what it is to to not have and to work your way up. So you should be able to help all communities have the same type of resilience and determination. I've had non-melanated clients say this to me constantly, that they chose me as a black therapist, as a black female therapist, because I would know what abuse is. And so I should be able to help them work through whatever it is that they're going through and give them whatever I know to help me get through things. Almost as if you're trauma bonding, right? 
And then, of course, my response is, well, I'm conditioned to know what it is. So the reason why it's an issue for you is because you've lived your life in a space of privilege. You've never had to struggle for anything. So anything that I happen to say from my perspective, you're automatically not going to understand because... You don't know what a struggle is. You've never had to. And now that you're in an environment where you're not getting your way, you're going to go to the person that knows struggle and say, teach me how to struggle. Teach me how to get through stuff because I don't know how to get through things on my own. Make that shit make sense. But I'm, I'm, I'm going off topic. Let's go back to the client where I had this session and she's speaking her experience to me. And so the entire time I'm able to sit there and I'm really identifying with her. But at the very same time, I'm experiencing this sense of counter-transference. And you can go back in previous episodes of this podcast to learn what counter-transference is. But I'm experiencing this sense of counter-transference and I'm like, well, damn, I work in one of my jobs for someone that not only is younger than me, doesn't look like me, doesn't identify with me, and in fact, would be considered the oppressor or the colonizer. And then if I take it a step further, right, the, 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 the people that I work for continue to disrespect me and don't even realize that they do it. And if I snowball it even further, I have been the token at this particular job for well over two years. I've been the token for many of my jobs. For the majority of my career, my career goes all the way back to 2003, 2002 to be exact. And I'm wondering, reading this census report, right? I'm wondering if we're doing all these things, if I can turn on my TV and turn on any streaming service or go to a movie Or do anything and I get to see people who look like me and hear about people that look like me doing all these great things, right? Why is it that we're also equally the highest percentage of a community being abused? And why is abusing us okay? There was a recent story about a son that went and murdered another man, a grown man, because that grown man was actively beating on his mother. And the family of the man that was murdered did not discredit the fact that the man wasn't abused, that he abused this woman, this other woman, right? But was like, but this is still my son. This is still my husband. This is still, you know, my brother, so on and so forth. And yeah, you know, he did what he did, but he shouldn't have lost his life. And of course, in the back of my mind, I'm like, 
But he was actively like beating the living shit out of this other, out of this woman, out of this, wait for it, black woman. She calls for her son for help, her teenage son, and her son, you know, puts a bullet in his ass. And I'm like, I would hope my son would do that if he witnessed somebody hurting me to protect me. But again, let's take this a step further. Why is it that there were groups of people in this public place just watching this woman get beat up and nobody stepped in? Nobody went, hey, dude, stop punching her in the head. Nobody had no problem recording it, had no problem staring and watching the the, the spectacle, had no issue with it. And I'm wondering, was it because she was black? Was it because as a society, regardless of how much we contribute, how much we do, how much we love and support and give, to this society that we really don't matter that no one really wants to or cares to protect us as women and the saddest part is that other cultures of women specifically the non-melanated are automatically perceived as Well, they always need help and they're helpless and we have to help them. Always. Even when they lie. But when you look in my face or you look in some of my peers' face. Oh, she got it. Oh, she's built for that. Oh, she'll be real good for that. She can help a lot of people. Oh, she a strong, independent black woman. But what makes you think the strong and the independent don't need love too? Don't need support too? When we have instances of people taking their lives, what's the first thing that people say? Oh, you better contact your quiet loved ones. You got to contact your strong loved ones because you don't know what they're going through and you don't know their story and blah, 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 right? Guess what? That same rule applies to black women. We are the unsung heroes of so many different communities. We are the backbones to so many different things that have occurred, including our elections. You guys can go and do the research on who went out to vote and who voted for who and how certain people got in office. It wasn't off of the colonizers. It wasn't off of the non-melanated. It was black women. And yet we continue to be disrespected. So as a black woman, as someone that continues to struggle with microaggressions and have to keep a smile on my face, to have to work with individuals who are ignorant and feel very, very comfortable speaking on the left and right sides of their mouth. For all black women who have to deal with their spouses, 
their siblings, sometimes even their colleagues, feeling so comfortable saying reckless shit and doing reckless shit in our lives. I want to personally say that I'm sorry. And maybe as black women, we need to come together and do all this great work for ourselves, to speak for ourselves and our community, instead of moving the needle forward for everybody else who doesn't appreciate what the fuck we do. I said what I said. I want to thank you for listening to my rant. (laughs) Again, this is very, very personal to me because there's a lot of hurt and a lot of pain and a lot of anger that my community, that black people in general carry, but black women specifically carry because of so many different dynamics that we have to deal with on a daily basis from everyone not just our black men. And we can get into that other conversation on a different day because that's a whole nother planet that we can go on. But I digress. My listeners, I want to thank you and I appreciate you for always coming back and coming through and wanting to listen and have le- leaving comments and sending donations and prayers and all that jazz. I really appreciate you. If you'd like to follow me on a social media platform, I am on Instagram. Uh, my Instagram handle is be well with Tiffany underscore be well with Tiffany. That's all one word underscore. That's my Instagram. I also have a website www.thementalmatters.com. Again, thank you so much tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend about this podcast and I'll see you next time. Be well.